0: How easy is it for for us to forget who we are because somebody has spoken something over our life that just isn't true? Because somebody that doesn't even know you, somebody that doesn't have your purpose, somebody who hasn't lived your journey has spoken something over your life, and, and, and their words spoken over you have made you insecure about who you are. Hey, welcome to the Night Church Podcast. You
1: are joining us for a four-part series that was done at our young adult retreat by Pastor Benjamin Lundquist. He loves speaking to relevant issues that young adults are asking about, and so you're gonna really enjoy this. I can't wait for you to hear this series. Enjoy.
0: I could live up to the introduction here. It's like, you know, Um, yeah, truly a huge honor. Uh, Thank you to Philip. um, I guess the host for this weekend and his team for uh, just giving me the opportunity to come out and speak and share. And uh, I really don't take this for granted at all. And Philip and I were texting back and forth a lot uh, in the last few weeks. And I've done a, a lot of praying over this weekend. And I think when I was just thinking in my mind what I hoped that God would do, because I, you know, you want to think through that a little bit. Um, my kids love watching these shows that are all about survival. Anybody like survival stuff? And uh, there's some shows. I think there's a show with a guy named Bear Grylls. Anybody know who Bear Grylls is? And uh, there's a lot of debate on whether he's really surviving or he's not surviving, whatever. But part of the show uh, that, that they really are into is that at certain moments in the show, it's pick your own adventure where you get to, with your remote and streaming services, decide what Bear Grylls is going to do and decide where he's going to go. Yeah. And uh, I thought, well, that, that's pretty cool. And so I think what I'd like to, I guess, lay out as we get going is we have a theme-ish. And we, I've given fill-up uh, message titles. We have scriptures. But more than anything, I want the Holy Spirit to lead this weekend. And I want to just be led by the Holy Spirit. And if we end up going a completely different place, are you okay with that? Um, But I just want to let the Holy Spirit lead. And I think um, that's my hope and prayer is that whatever you need to get out of the next three days that you're going to get out of. We prayed, we planned, yada, yada, all that stuff. But we just want to be led by the Holy Spirit. And I think when we leave on Sunday, whenever that's going to be, my hope would be that we can drive down that winding road with just this beautiful moment of silence, having no one with confidence that you have been with the spirit and something shifted in your life and something happened in your life. So um, we're going to have Q&A and there and I'm going to be at your beck and call for the next three days. You can ask me any question you want to ask. Nothing, nothing is off limits. You can pull me aside at a meal. I can give you life advice. I can talk about my failures, uh, whatever you want to hear about. But that's my hope is that this can just be a Holy Spirit led uh, weekend. Is that okay with you? You. So if, if at any time you in a QA and a or a sidebar, you're like, I really wish we could dive into this. Just come tell me. And there's a chance that we can we can get into those topics that I hope will bring a lot of value to all of you. Again, it's a huge honor to be here. I have a lot of respect for Praxis, Kelly, the team, Philip. And uh, as you have alluded to watching me af- uh, from afar, I do the same thing. And I know so many people in my network who are being crazy blessed by the ministry of Praxis. Uh, Carl is one of those. We've known each other for, I don't know how many, five five years? (laughs) So um, what you're doing is sending God waves and ripples all over the place. So I just want to affirm, thank you for being part of this community. Um, a community is made up of people, and it wouldn't be the same without you. So thank you for being part of this community. Thank you for investing your time and your energy and your passion. Thank you for showing up um, in the middle of nowhere here at this camp, so we can, so we can. Uh, I'm like, "What is this place?" And then this like high-tech gate pops out of nowhere. And I'm like, "What?" what what is this place? <laughs> Philip? I have no code. That somebody, somebody rescued me. Yeah, thank you. Angel came up behind me with those headlights. So anyway, glad we're here. And uh, so I just want to, again, put that out there. Um, I just want to serve you this weekend. So anything that I can do to just add value uh, to you and your journey, that's why I'm here. And I just want to be available as the spirit leads uh, to be able to do that. And we were praying in the back. Uh, Just a few minutes ago with the pre-team and what came out of the prayer is that one thing we know for sure Is we never get to do this weekend over again Mm -hmm. ever? And in God's grand beautiful story of forever is gonna be written the chapter of this weekend Mm -hmm. and we don't get a redo on this weekend So let's be present and let's be available And let's be willing to be led and let's be willing to be challenged. And um, let's just, you know, be available to what the spirit wants to do, because we are writing history here in this spot at this praxis retreat. You kind of resonate with that. And uh, when you write history, you want to write it well. And you want to look back and think, I made the most of that chapter in history. And we're going to have a pretty awesome chapter this weekend. Amen. Amen. Let's pray uh, for me and then we'll dive right in. God, we thank you for uh, this time as we talk about moving forward, as we talk about how our past does not define us, and a lot of other stuff that we're going to hit in the next few days. God, we just pray that you will be uplifted and glorified to the fullest. Um, Holy Spirit, mess with us. Challenge us. May a one-liner get said tonight that becomes who we are because that word is spoken in such a powerful way at the right time by you and so we are we want to be available we want to have our ears uh in tune with what you want to say and so we just give you this time in your name we pray amen um i don't know if you if you grew up having dreams of what you were going to do when you uh grew up i'll just give you a little uh kind of lesson I've learned along the way. You never grow up. And uh, as you grow up, you always feel like you have no idea what you're doing. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. So if you think that that one day you're just going to like get to a place where you're like, oh, I got it. I'm confident. I mean, you may gain confidence, but you still are going to have no idea what you're doing. Why? Because God gives you a purpose according to an assignment, And your purpose is going to be lived out in so many different assignments. So just because you mastered and were faithful to one assignment doesn't mean you aren't going to have an assignment that's coming right after that. And a bigger assignment that's coming right after that. So, I think you never come to a place where you don't have to fully depend on God's leading and his life in your life because you're always being moved forward into a place of full dependence upon God. So, newsflash, you're never gonna feel like you know what you're doing. Even if you launch a nonprofit, <laughs> you're never gonna feel like you know what you're doing. And, and that's just part of life, and that's part of that journey of faith. But when I was young, um, I had this dream of playing football. And I grew up Seventh-day Adventist, and we didn't have a lot of opportunities to play, like, full-contact football. And, uh, but I had a dream of doing that. And so my dad, who moved around a lot with his job as a hospital administrator, he said, Hey, uh, Benjamin, we're moving to southern Florida. Florida's a big football state. And I said, well, we're going to be moving and I'm going to go to a new school. What's my new school going to be like? He said, it's a great school. It's a little bit smaller than you're used to. And I said, well, well, how many? How many kids are in, you know, the school or in my class? And my dad said, uh, there's 15. And I said, You mean 15 kids in my class? And my dad said, No, this is a true story. My dad said, No, there's 15 kids in the school. And uh, so so I'm standing before you as somebody who graduated as the only eighth grader in <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> why you think that's so funny? Like, I'm just messing with you. But I was the only graduating eighth grader in my class. I got every award that year. Amen and amen. And when it came to planning the graduation, I chose the motto. I chose the colors. I chose the robes. I chose the cake. I chose the order of service. And you know what? I made it all about me, because it was. And so here I was graduating from this rinky-dink little school, the only eighth grader. The next oldest kid was a young lady in fifth grade. This is just nuts. But I'll tell you this, and we'll talk about this more over the weekend, I think God used that year, as challenging as it was, to open up a passion in my life for mentoring and empowering younger generations. It's interesting, I didn't know it at the time. So I finished out the eighth grade year, and the next available school to me had a 1,000 students in the school. So here I am going from you know the only kid in my class to now thousands of kids at this school, but they had a football team. And so I, I tried out for the football team. Long story short, ended up making the team. Tryouts were in southern Florida in the middle of the summer in July, if you can imagine how pleasant that was. But I made this football team, and uh, somebody said, well, did you have a long football career? I played one season. That was it. And there was only one game in my entire football career of one season, freshman year, that I remember, and it was a home game. And there are just some moments in your life, I think, that are just vivid. Like, you know, you you can remember the smells and who was there and what that was like. And that was this particular game. And so we had a home game. We went in the locker room. The coach gave us one of these big motivational speeches where he said something like this. Uh, this Your opponents are gonna be tough. And as your opponents are tough, you're gonna have to dig deep. You're gonna have to give 120%. You're gonna have to give it all you've got. Sounds like a VeggieTales film or something. And so we went out there, played the best that we could. Uh, We were tied at halftime went back in the locker room another motivational speech because that's what you do at halftime Went out on the field and here is the only play that I will ever remember from my football career I was playing a position called linebacker on defense and the job my job Was to stop the run or the short pass from coming across the line of scrimmage. So I was kind of right there about 10 feet behind this line of big guys And this play started and the running back on the other team began to run toward my direction. And he got hit by one of the linemen. And as he got hit, he fumbled the ball and the ball rolled right at my feet. And it was one of these moments where, like, you hope for a moment like this. You pray for a moment like this. And it was like everything in that moment just slowed way down. And here I am in this moment giving myself a motivational talk like, like, jump on the ball, pick it up. Run you can do this. Let's go. And so I grabbed the ball and I just begin to run and Keep in mind. I hadn't ever scored a touchdown before in my life So if I were to even score a touchdown I didn't even know what I was supposed to do once I got into the end zone and I got no rhythm So I'll tell you more about that in just a minute. So I picked up the ball and I begin to run and as I'm running um, I end up running this ball, pretty amazing, 70 yards for a a fumble return touchdown. Whoa. It's amazing. Like, like it, it was. Thank you, Philip. Like, it was amazing, you know? And uh, not even a moment to be humble. Like, it was amazing, you know? And it was the, the my only only play that I'll ever remember. And I, you know, people were cheering, and I ran into the end zone, and I thought to myself, do I do a victory dance? Do I have rhythm? I'm Adventist? No. And uh, not that I couldn't dance if I had rhythm, but I knew I didn't have rhythm. So I was like, well, what do I do here in this moment? It was great. Everybody was high-fiving. This is happening like within five seconds. And then everything shifted. How many of you can relate to the fact that life can shift in a moment? There have been things that I have been a part of in the Loma Linda, La Sierra area in the last month and a half that shifted life in a moment. We'll talk about some of that over the weekend. So here I am celebrating in this moment. The announcer comes on the PA system and he says, uh, or the loudspeaker, loud I wanna congratulate 70 yard fumble return for a touchdown. I wanna to congratulate James Hill on that incredible touchdown. And I thought to myself, say what? The only touchdown of my career. This glorious play, and the announcer calls the wrong name over the PA system. James, who was a teammate, is sitting on the side. He's not even in the game. So James is just chilling, and I look over and he's like, Who, me? Did somebody say my name? And then James's mom, this is nuts, James's mom was on the sidelines, um, front row there. She was knitting a sweater. (laughs) So she's not even playing the game. She's knitting a sweater. She hears her son's name, James Hill, echoing around the stadium. She gets up on on this chair, like her half-made yarn sweater is like hanging off her body. And I'm like, this is not happening. And she starts screaming, that's my boy! I'm like he's not even in the game like he's not even in the game like your son is not even on the field Sit down Didn't say that but I thought that And uh, I just thought man, this moment is gone. This moment is gone. I want to tell you something You may think at different times in your life like your moment is gone Like something has happened, and you are too late, and you are too old, or you are too far behind. But I wanna remind you that when you think your moment is gone, God has a full different plan. And God has already shifted and aligned things in your favor. So here I am on the field. This is happening within like 10 seconds. I look up at the stands. My dad is sitting top tier, okay, top tier. He stands up, he's about six foot four, a little taller than I am. He stands up and he begins to make his way to that announcer booth. (laughs) He's like, like, go get him, Dad. Go get him. Give him some Jesus, you know? And so my dad walks over to the announcer booth and he leans into the announcer booth, and there's a dialogue that happens, you know, real quick, just like a little few little words going back and forth. And all of a sudden the announcer comes back on and he says, by mistake that 70 yard fumble return for touchdown was scored by benjamin lundquist not james hill and we kind of had this little celebration moment wasn't quite the same but it was better than it was before we were driving home and i asked my dad i said i said dad what did you say when you went into the announcer booth like when you leaned in oh he said it was it was real simple i just leaned in and said i know that kid on the field He's my son, and his name is Benjamin Lundquist. How easy is it for us to forget who we are because of the situation that we are in? How easy is it for, for us to forget who we are because somebody has spoken something over our life that just isn't true? Because somebody that doesn't even know you Somebody that doesn't have your purpose, somebody who hasn't lived your journey, has spoken something over your life, and, and, and their words spoken over you have made you insecure about who you are. I just want to tell you right now, as we talk about moving forward, and as we talk about laying a foundation for the rest of your life, there is only one person who has, has the, uh, the right to name you, and that's God. Amen. And there is only one person who can determine your worth and value, and that's God. And there is only one person who can give you your identity, and that is God. And I want to set somebody free tonight by letting you know your identity and your worth and value is not earned, and it can never be lost. Somebody say amen. You don't earn your identity, you can never, you can never lose your identity, worth, and value, even on your worst days. Why? Because you receive it. And you claim it as reality over your own life, even if you don't feel it. Let me just share this with somebody. Feelings are not Lord over your life. Feelings are evidence of what may be going on in your life. But feelings are not Lord over your life. God is Lord over your life. And what he has spoken is who you are. Somebody say amen. So in a moment, when I forgot who I was because of this situation, when I had something spoken over my life that wasn't even true, it was the father that got up and said, no, 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 let me set this straight. It was the father who leaned into the sound booth of life and said, hey, I know that, that young lady, she's my daughter. I know that young man, he is my son. And so for all of us who are thinking about moving forward, you move forward and take that first step by knowing and claiming who you are because of what God has spoken over your life. Amen? Amen. Somebody asked me one time, they said, they said, Benjamin, you walk with like this confidence that's that's another level. Like, what is that about? It's my identity it's because i know whose i am and i have anchored and worked over that identity for years of having thoughts that are counter to the reality come in my head and not letting those thoughts take root but going back again and again to what God has spoken over my life, going back again and again to every promise that God has sent in my direction, going back again and again to what God has said and who he says that I am. So where do we start with this journey of moving forward? We start with who we are, amen? And it's not a one-time deal. You are gonna have to remind yourself of who you are for the rest of your life. Sometimes 20 times a day. Anybody relate to what I'm saying? Sometimes 20 times a day. A a narrative parable in scripture that I think speaks to this um, so directly is in Luke 15 when you hear Jesus talking about the story of the prodigal son. I'm not going to read it because I think we know kind of how that story unfolds, but the general gist is you have a father. Who is quite wealthy who you could describe as full-blown royalty and then you have a son younger son who comes to the father and the younger son says he says dad he said um, I kind of want to lead my own life like I want to blaze my own trail I want to write my own chapter I know you've got something for me but I just want to get out there and I want to be empowered to do my thing and so the father Says, okay, you can have your inheritance. So this younger son goes out, and life is good. Life is good. I mean, he's got friends that are, that are, that are uh, coming to him. He's got a little community. Uh, he's got some popularity. His, may, his name may be well-known. And life is good until a famine hits. I'll just tell you this. When, when you think about who you are, when you really know it, When you really know it is when tragedy hits your life. When you really know who you are is when the rug of life is pulled out from underneath you. When your life is turned upside down. When when a tragedy strikes or a door closes or a relationship ends and all of a sudden you are sitting there and it is just you. That is when you know who you are. And that is when you know how anchored your identity is i just want to remind you your identity is not determined by your circumstances your identity is determined by god amen Amen. by god so famine hits this land and the brother loses everything makes me think about the pandemic Anybody like, he had a rough pandemic. Can you have a good pandemic? I don't know if you have a good pandemic. I hope we never have a pandemic again. But um, famine hits and he loses everything. And here you have this, this young man who is now trying to survive, and he finds himself in this pig pen feeding pigs. Think about this. Where had he come from? He came from royalty. And now he was feeding pigs, getting the junk all over him, the mess all over him, and he is there in that pig pen. And all of a sudden, the thought comes to his mind as he's reflecting on where he is and where he used to be. The thought comes to mind, and he says, ma'am, I would have it a lot better if I was home. I would have it a lot better if I was back in my house. But here's what he said, and I want you to think about this this is this is profound but he says to himself i can no longer go back as a son because i am not worthy so i'm going to go back as a servant because i am not worthy to be a son think about this the loudest voice that speaks into your life is your own voice And I just want to challenge you with this question. Are the words that you are speaking about yourself in harmony with what God has spoken about you? And if you are thinking or saying things that are not in harmony with what God has spoken about you, I'm just going to say it. Those things are lies and they're not true. You with me? So here this this son in the pig pen kept saying that over and over. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. If you say something enough, it becomes your reality (laughs) I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I can't go back. He's not gonna accept me. I'm no longer a son I'm not loved. I don't have worth. I don't have value. Was that true? No, but that was the narrative based on his situation that he had woven about his life. And so he replays this over and over, and he basically says, I'm going to rehearse this. When I see my dad, my father, I'm going to fall on my knees, and I'm going to say that line. Father, I am not worthy to be a son. Please take me back as a servant. So all of a sudden, he's, he's come to the point where he's going home. he's going home and so as he's walking home he he sees as this this imagery is painted this silhouette on the road and he doesn't know who this person is because it's too far off and so he sees this silhouette and as he gets closer how many of you know people so well that if you saw their silhouette kind of you would probably know who they were you saw what their hair was like like you would probably know what that person or you know somebody's voice so well that if you heard their voice, you would know who they were. And as he gets closer, he realizes on this road that this is his father. So think about this, these, the, the significance of this. When you are royalty, you didn't walk the common road. When you are royalty, you didn't leave the confines of the palace because a, somebody of royalty did not walk the road like a commoner. They would send somebody to do their bidding so they wouldn't get dusty. So here the father is in the dust on the road as a commoner. And why did he do that? He did that because if the younger son was to return to the house, he would be shamed by the family for taking the inheritance for losing everything, for disgracing the royal family. So the father said, so the father said, I am not going to allow my son to be shamed. So I am going to go out on the dusty road. I am going to walk the path of a commoner. I am going to get covered in the yuck so I can take the shame upon myself that is due upon my son. And I'm going to take that. And I'm going to be the first one to see him. I don't want anybody else to speak a word over him that is not true or a word over him that is that is devaluing or not consistent with his identity worth value and purpose. So the father goes out and he says, I'm going to take all that shame. I'm going to take all that shame. The difference between shame and guilt is this guilt is regret for something you have done. Shame is regret for who you are and in the pig pen. Of life. That younger son regretted who he was, and he began to devalue himself. Based on the the circumstances of his life so the father is there he greets the son so the son doesn't have to be shamed and this is the imagery is incredible so the father goes to the son and as the son dips down to basically say like what he had rehearsed you know Jake like what he had said father I am no longer worthy to be your son please I can imagine the father saying stop like stand up who told you you weren't a son who told you you weren't a daughter Who told you in any way that when you were out gallivanting in the world that you ever lost your identity as a son? Who told you that? That's not true. Stop. And I can imagine in so many words that father said, you have always been a son. When you were in the pig pen, you were a son. When you were giving money, gambling, doing whatever you were doing, you were a son. When you were popular because of what you were given the community, you were a son. When you lost it all in the famine, you were a son. And here the father symbolically reestablishes the royalty of who the son had always been. And so he put a robe around him, and he put sandals on his feet, and he put the signet ring on his finger as if to say, You have always been royalty. And there was never a moment of your existence as you went out to lead your own life, write your own chapter, make your own way, that you were not a son. And I hope that sinks in for us tonight as we we launch into this weekend. Um, You have always been sons and daughters. Whatever you think about in your past, and you think about that moment that you don't ever bring up in public. You don't even wanna read the journal entries. About that chapter in your life in that moment you were fully a daughter and fully a son and you had as much value as you could possibly have in the moment that you don't want to tell anybody about and the moment that you don't want to revisit or talk about in public and you're certainly not gonna testify in a public setting about that chapter that thing You were fully daughter. Amen, Michael? (sighs) Fully daughter and fully son and fully valuable and fully worthy in every single moment of your past, in the present, and every moment that you're going to have into the future. Where do we start in moving forward? We start with who we are. Even if you don't feel it, you claim it. Even if you don't feel it, you speak it. Because that is what God has spoken and said about you. Amen? Where does the rubber meet the road? Like, let's get real practical. What do we do with this? Four things I want to give you. Somebody can write them down. Maybe not everybody, but somebody can write them down. Four things I would recommend when it comes to living out this reality of always being a son and a daughter, okay? Ready for this? Number one, okay, I kind of already hit on it. Number one, speak truth about yourself. Speak the promises of God about you, Okay? Speak the promise of God about you speak truth over your own life Remember the loudest voice I got a pretty loud voice, but the loudest voice That speaks into your own life. Jake is your own voice. Are you with me? How many of you realize you got to live with yourself all the time like oh, man, we like have a vacation It's like nah, you're stuck with me (laughs) cuz you are me (laughs) Yeah, okay speak truth over your life if there is any word That comes out of your mouth that devalues you or speaks against your worth, it is a lie and it is not from God. When you recognize that, you can always control what pops in your head. You kind of with me? When you recognize that or you hear that, steward that. We have a responsibility to steward the words that are coming out of our mouth. And to steward the thoughts that we allow to take root. Just because a thought enters does not mean you dig a hole, fertilize it, put miracle grow on it, and water it. You kind of with me on this one? Starve that thought if that thought is not true. You kind of with me on this one? So, number one, speak truth over your own life. Number two, this is so big, okay? And it's so easy. Number two, write truth about yourself every day. What I want you to do is this start tomorrow. Pull your phone out. Write a declaration statement about who you are in God every day. Benjamin Lundquist is a 100% accepted son of God who is extremely valuable, who is eternally loved, and who is totally Forgiven. Somebody say Amen. Like that just feels good because that's about me. But amen. write truth. There is something. There is something powerful about writing something. Whatever you're gonna do, type it. But write it. Let your mind see it. Okay. So speak truth. Write truth. Number three is only, only four. Number three. Surround yourself with an inner circle of friends who affirm and support the value and worth that you have from God. I'm just going to say it, because I would want somebody to say this to me. If the people closest to you do not see your worth and value, they shouldn't be that close to you. Mm -hmm. If the people around you are speaking things into your life that are not in harmony with what God has spoken about you, they should not be part of your inner circle. Because they are influencing counter to what God has spoken over your life. I'm not saying you don't connect with them sometimes, but you know what I'm talking about with the inner circle? That's like the people you call at all hours of the day. Like, yo, I need prayer right now. Or, hey, can we go do some in and out? I'm starving. What time is it? It's 1 a.m. When are they close? Like 1.15 or 1.30. My kids, I like in and out. But you got to make sure that you are surrounding yourself with people, inner circle, that support and affirm what God has said about you. You with me on this one? Yes. It matters like if you want a foretelling of your future if you want a snapshot of what your future will look like look at who you spend the most time with who you spend the most time with is who you will become like and you hope you influence in a positive way but the truth is that is a foretelling of your future not that you can't spend time with a ton of people but I'm talking about that tight-knit inner circle Make sure they are affirming what God has said about you. Okay? So speak truth. What's number two? So good. Okay. What's your name? Laura. Laura. Okay. So what do we got, Laura? We got speak truth. Right? Truth. Surround yourself with people who affirm truth. Okay. And then finally, number four, you gotta speak truth into the lives of other people. (laughs) Pastor Phillips set it up this weekend there are some of you who are going to speak a prophetic word into somebody else's life this weekend. You're going to say something to somebody else that they needed to hear at this moment in history. Speak truth into the life of other people. Why is that important? Because it's a gift to them and it's also a gift to you. Why is it a gift to you? Because every time, what's your name? David David I like that name. Okay. Every time I speak truth in a David's life and every time I say to David, David, you are completely accepted. You are extremely valuable. You are eternally loved and you are totally forgiven. You are a son of God always. Royalty runs through David's veins. Somebody say amen to that. Every time I speak that into David's life, it is also spoken back into my life. We are not meant to just keep truth you got to give truth and speak truth. So, four things. I'm going to finish. Four things. Speak truth over your own life. Number two, right. Right. start tomorrow. I want somebody at breakfast or before I get up and share tomorrow morning to come up and say, hey, check out my declaration statement. Okay? Who's going to do that? I'm serious. Like, come up and say, hey, like, check out my declaration statement. I write one every day. Okay? Check it out. So, speak truth Write truth. What else? Surround yourself with people who affirm and support the truth of what God has said about you. And finally, you speak what? Truth to other people. Last thing i got to say about that last one real quick. I don't want to forget. Don't give sympathy to lies that people are speaking about themselves. You know what I'm talking about? What's your name? Fifi. Fifi? You know what I'm talking about? Somebody walks up to you and they say, "Man, I can't like, it. oh, like I'm too late. I'm too old. I've missed my opportunity. Like the door's already closed. Like I'm gonna have to compromise on my purpose or God's calling for my life." And then I then I can overhear somebody saying, "I'm just so sorry, Fifi, that that you that you feel like that. Like I'm I'm sorry about that." No, no, no. no. We don't give sympathy to lies. Ooh. We say in the moment, Fifi, no, I'm just picking on people. (laughs) Like, Fifi, I love you enough to tell you that what you are thinking and saying about yourself is not true. That's not true. You're not too old. You haven't missed the mark. You aren't going to be reduced to a, a lackluster or a mediocre purpose and life calling. That's not true. God does have a calling for you. God does love you. God does have a purpose for your life. You kind of with me on this one? So I think there's this this part of us that are like, let's just be sympathetic. Okay, be sympathetic when somebody is hurting, okay? But don't be sympathetic when somebody is speaking lies about themselves. You love them enough. Love them enough. Like, I'm pleading with you. Love people enough to tell them the truth in love. Tell them what you would want somebody to tell you about you. Amen? I'm gonna leave you with that, if that's okay. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna hand it off, and uh, thank you, guys.
2: So we're gonna move into this kind of segment of question and answer, so why don't you and I get a couple chairs and sit here on the stage, and we will have a little bit of a conversation here. So, first of all, thank you so much for sharing. It was was wonderful. So, I've got a couple questions, and then we had people who, the people who signed up for this retreat, uh, submit questions beforehand. So, I assume as time goes on, um, they can submit more questions, we'll talk to people, and they'll get more related. But I've got a couple questions from listening to what you've said this evening that I would like to ask. Yep. So... You talked a lot about identity and value as a person in Christ. I think that's a really important thing. So one thing I would like to ask is how do you differentiate between your value as a person who holds that image of God and your like, practical ability and output? Because you know, we're not, uh, we don't all hold the same skill set and we're sure. we better at some things and worse at other things. But you know, theoretically, that shouldn't affect our value as people. So how do you kind of separate those things in your mind? So when you do like a bad job at something that doesn't affect who
0: you are, in your identity. yeah, you know, I think for me, um, again, coming back to what I had shared, that our our worth and value is not determined by our circumstances. So if I fail, I'm not a failure. I just failed. And let's be clear, failure is a life event, but it's not your identity and it's not who you are. And so I think when it comes to serving, impacting your community, you know, working in your job, whatever it is, I think the important thing to remember is that you serve and work and lead from value. You don't work and serve and lead to earn value. You work from and you may think, yeah, a little differentiation. That makes all the difference in the world. Let me tell you how, you know, for me, how that plays out. When I walk into a boardroom, uh, it's scary even saying, those words are like meeting boardroom, you know. But when I walk into a a room, and again, keep in mind, like this has been my journey for the last 20 years. Like this is not just an overnight deal. But when I walk into a boardroom, I walk into the room as somebody who knows who they are. And so my goal is not to walk into a room as a consumer. My goal is to walk into the room as a contributor. So my goal is to add the most value in the room because I know that I am coming from a place of value. So I don't know if that answers your question yeah. a little bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, another question. I'm going to kind of look at this from a different angle. Yep. So you started off, you talked quite a bit about identity. And I think that identity, I, to many people here and many people kind of part of the greater Adventist church, is like a major importance, yep. right? We tend to be really strong in our identity as Adventists. And I think that's a wonderful thing. But I also think that it's important to kind of balance that pride in our identity as Adventists, but also you know, have humility in the fact that our identity in that isn't everything. Because we can tend to be a little insular. So would you speak into that a little bit? Give some of your thoughts and ideas. In that If
0: regard? you could give me just like an easy question, that'd be great. Like, <laughs> okay, here's what, here's what I would say. My I'm gonna I'm gonna just can I just be like transparent? Like speak what I want to say. My identity does not come from being a Seventh Day Adventist. I'm just gonna say it. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> my identity comes from being a son of God.
1: Yes.
0: That's where my identity it comes from. Yeah. My now, now keep. Listen to what I'm saying and don't hear what I'm not saying. My community and my culture is Seventh day Adventist. My theology is Seventh day Adventist, okay, as it's been defined. And that is ebbing and flowing and growing, you know, Holy Spirit's leading. But my identity is as a son of God, Amen. of which I am part of a Seventh day Adventist culture and community, which has a unique perspective and mission. For the world and I love my community but my identity does not come from my community or my culture my identity comes from my creator wow. Wow. and so because I know who my creator is I can then impact and add value to my community and my culture does that help
2: yeah okay. no, I think that's very helpful yeah it's sometimes I think it's easy for us to you know, take primary identity from denominational things or a, a variety of other things in life. And I think that is kind of a danger, a pitfall as Adventists that we can fall into sometimes. So yeah, I think that's a very helpful answer. I think that's a wonderful answer. I'm going to take a minute here to open it up kind of to the floor. If one or two people have a question that they would like to ask before we kind of split up into groups, I'd love to hear. I see your hand over there, Carl. When you say you write something about your sure. truth every day, do you write the same thing daily or do you it up. How, it bear, how much
0: is it you know, it's a good question. I think I think for me, the priority is write something that connects with your heart in that moment. So sometimes that may be similar to the day before. If you looked at writing a declaration statement over five years, you're talking about what, like 1800 to 1800 declaration statements, you're gonna have some overlap and there's gonna be some things that are, are maybe repetitive. So I think for me, it's more about like, what do I need to hear in the moment And I think that's really a Holy Spirit led experience. As I start my day, what do I need to hear that is going to remind me of who I am based on what I have been going through in that day? If I'll give an example, I fail all the time because I'm always taking risks and trying things. So if I had failed the day before, my declaration statement is probably going to include something about failure. (laughs) You know, Benjamin is not a failure, even though he may have failed. And so I'm writing a declaration statement based on what connects with my heart and often what is reflected by what I've been going through the day before, what I have been struggling with, what I, I feel like I need to hear uh, in that moment. So sometimes they do, look from, they do look similar, but I think the point is, like every declaration statement, you're wiring your brain to truth. And, and you're, you're, you're like creating those neural pathways to what God has said about you, and so even if it is repetitive, I still think it's high value because you're seeing it and you're reminding yourself of it, and and uh, yeah, you're claiming that over your life.
2: Sucks. Yeah, wonderful. yeah, yeah. Another question back there. Would you say that what,
0: what's your name? Uh, Madeline. Oh yeah, yeah, Madeline. What's your last name? Mace. That's right. I knew you. You. I thought I knew it was M.M. Yeah. <laughs> hundred percent, hundred percent. I've done, um, like a number, well, not a number. I have done one podcast episode on neuroplasticity, but it, it's just the ability that like, and I, I hope everybody, well, you're all young, but it, it basically it's the hope that like, even if you're old, you can still change. Amen. That, that's basically what neuroplasticity is, that your brain is never so solidified, but it's always growing and developing. So absolutely. I, I've even read, amazing research that if you just write what is true on a piece of paper hear this it positively affects your life for six months if you just do it once by you being able to say here is what's happening in my life these are the challenges these are the hopes and dreams that I have for my life that it has a positive effect on your life for six months Just doing that once so you think about doing that every day. I would not recommend. This is just me You do a deep dive assessment every single day. I think that's we'll talk about we're gonna talk in depth About how to lead yourself. Well tomorrow morning Highly practical, but I think being able to at least have a touch point during the day where you can say like Here's what's going on in my life hopes, dreams, and, and make a statement about who I am. And I absolutely believe that. Man, I, there's so much I could say about this. I'm just going to say something. Um, I love having worship with my kids at night. Like, that's just a thing that I do. Since my kids were three years old, somebody asked me, Kyle, I think, asked me how old my kids were. They're 10 and 12. Since my kids were three, I um, spoke a declaration statement over their life every night when we would have worship since they were three years old. I would go into my son's room and um, we would have worship. We'd talk about the day. He would just make up a bunch of stories that weren't even true to delay bedtime. I'm like, you, you, didn't, even, you didn't even do that today. Oh, yeah. Was that cool? Like riding on that elephant? Yeah, <laughs> it didn't, didn't happen. <laughs> anyway, we would do our worship thing, and then at the end of, end of our time together, I would, ha- I would have him recite out loud this statement. And the statement is, I am a leader, and I will do great things for God. Mm. So he has been saying that he's 12, he's been saying that almost every night that I've been home and I try to be home. I take a lot of red-eye flights, I try to be home. But he's been saying that statement, declaring that from me over him for eight years. And if I'm in the, if he's in the living room and I'm in the family room and I say, hey, Koa, I'm a, he'll go right into it. I'm a leader and I'm gonna do great things for God. And I, I can't say, it's God's working, you know, and, and kids always have challenges, but I'll just say this. His, his homeroom teacher said during, um, parent teacher conferences, he said, um, I don't know what it is and it, it's God, but he said, your kid just carries himself a little different. I don't know. God's working. He, it's, he's got a lot of good voices in his life. Like it takes a village. You know, it's not just me. Like he, how many of you have families where you got like a billion uncles anybody like everyone's like you're an uncle to how many people because you got a lot so I say that over my son then my daughter will go in and have worship and her saying is this um, ah makes me want to tear up uh, her saying is this I am beautiful and the reason I want her to say that is because I want her to know her beauty that somebody else doesn't have to say that about her that she knows that about herself it's innate in her I am. I am beautiful. Um, God has a plan for me, and I'm a leader. That's what she says. So, like four years ago, we were doing this little declaration statement, and I said, "Okay." Her name is Remy, and I said, "Remy, I'm a," and um, or, or I said, uh, "Yeah, I am beautiful," and I started saying that I am, and she said, "Dad, stop!" She's like seven or eight. She said, "Stop!" And she took her little tiny. little little hands. She smashed my face like this, like smashed my face. And she spoke truth into me in the worship. And she said, Dad, you are beautiful. And I'm like, <laughs> Remy, no, you, like, we kind of went back and forth, and I just received it. And I walked away, and I thought, I am beautiful. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, like, I am beautiful. Like, like I, like, I saw my wife, I'm like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. I lit that Glade candle. We, uh, you know, popped open that, <laughs> popped open that Martinelli's, we hung out. <laughs> but I, but, <laughs> you okay, you okay in the back? <laughs> Um, so that long, exhaustive roundabout to say I a hundred percent think it makes a big difference. You know, you teach people how to treat you. And if you are not going to speak truth into your own life about you, how can you expect other people to speak truth into your life about you? And I get it. I I just want to be real sensitive here. I get it that some of you have been through the most hellish Past, I get it okay I get it Um, I had a great mom and dad my wife had a completely different experience I get get it okay so it's not an overnight thing okay speaking truth in your life it's it's over a lifetime it's not overnight so it's something you got you're gonna work on for the rest of your life but you can start tomorrow you can write that statement somebody bring that up to me tomorrow maybe we'll have people read some statements out loud maybe we can do a worship set where's our worship leader and maybe is this okay maybe we'll take a little break in the worship set like two songs break and maybe somebody in that break will come up and read their statement okay this is, we're not we're not planning this stuff maybe somebody can come up and say this is what god put on my heart about me and i just want to name it and claim it you know here at this retreat
2: Thank you for that question, Madeline. Great question. We got let's do one more. I saw Christian, you had your hand
0: up. You yeah, sorry, man. I, I
2: just wanted to like what you have to say to those who don't believe that they're worthy or don't believe that. But yet, how does writing something that like do you encourage like, hey, I'm going right to write this even though I don't believe it. But I don't know what's the, the right thing to do. What do you have to say to
0: those who don't believe it? Yeah, a hundred percent. And what what I my answer to that would be um, if you're a person of faith, I believe that what God has spoken is true. Mm-hmm. As a person of faith, and my, I've, I've been on a faith journey as well. Like, and I've had some doubt, a lot of doubt moments. You know, wrestling over my own journey of faith. But I believe that what God has spoken about me is true. So I'm going to write truth, even if I don't feel truth, mm-hmm. even if I don't believe truth in that moment. I'm going to write truth. Even if that person who I thought I was gonna be married to for the rest of my life, that fiance that, that we were planning that thing and that thing fell apart and all of a sudden you're left by yourself, even in that moment where you don't feel valuable and worthy, where you feel abandoned, you are gonna write and speak truth about yourself. Even if you don't feel it, it is hard. It's not easy okay this is not a not a weekend of let's just talk about what's easy okay it's not easy but i think if you're a person of faith and you believe what god has spoken is true even if you don't feel it or believe it you need to write it name it and claim it about yourself and over time it can happen i <laughs> you know i talk too much i met a lady one time and she's like i'm not an athlete i'm not an athlete and I'm like, well, are you running? <laughs> oh, are oh, you good, Philip? <laughs> you OK? Make sure you're OK. <laughs> I got really excited. OK. <laughs> but this lady was like she's, like, she's like, I'm not an athlete. And I'm like, why do you say that about yourself? And she said, well, because I don't run. And I said, why don't you start running? And she said, well, that would be so painful. And I said, well, go, why don't you walk then? And so she started walking, and I hit her up like a month later. She's like, I'm "I'm running a mile. Like, that's cool. Are you a runner? "Uh, I don't know, kinda. And then like another month later, um, she had done a half marathon. And then a year later, she had knocked out a full-blown marathon. And you know what she said? I'm a runner. (laughs) Why? Because you ran even when you didn't feel like you were a runner. Even when you didn't see yourself as a runner, what did you do? What did she do? She ran. And before she could run, she walked. And she walked and ran herself into being an athlete, you know, that finished a marathon. So, you know, I hope that helps a little bit, but I think um, there is great value in being able to say, if God said it, I'm going to choose to believe it. Even if I don't feel it Mm. and even if I don't want to believe it, Mm. I'm going to choose to believe it Mm. because there's still breath in my lungs. I'm still here. I still have a yearning for a purpose and a plan. I still want to do something with my life. There's still something going on in here and I'm going to choose to believe it. And I think over time by doing that, that truth begins to take root and you begin to put some miracle grow around that like a community, and you begin to have mentors who, who starts to water that those those seeds that are being planted, and all of a sudden that stuff begins to grow, and you're passing fruit on to other people, so.
2: Well, Ben, thank you so much. First for the message tonight, and also for the Q&A. Oh, you yeah. Ben, you wanna just bless us up
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: all of us just declare something over us. I love it. Let's let's do it. Let's, let's, let's stand up. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah let's do it. This will prime the pump for those of you who are going to write that statement uh, tomorrow morning. Is that good, Dwight? <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So let's. Uh, I'm gonna give you four statements, and we'll just we'll just uh, repeat these together. Uh, first one is this. I'll say it, and then we'll all say it together. Okay. I am fully accepted.
1: I am fully accepted.
0: Okay, that was a little weak. We got to put a little like, come on, you know, like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, ready, here we go. I am fully accepted. I I am am fully accepted. I am extremely valuable. I am extremely valuable. I am eternally loved. I am eternally loved. And I am totally forgiven. I am totally forgiven. Let's pray. (laughs) God, we thank you so much for uh, this moment that you have opened up for us, and um, we We gave it to you, Mm -hmm. and we just we hope, pray, we thank you for this being a spirit-led weekend. Mm -hmm. God, set some people free. Give us confidence that we didn't know we had. Um, Let this be a fresh, new start weekend. And so we just give you this moment, Mm -hmm. and we look back at our past, and we learn, but we don't live there. Mm -hmm. And we also know that the past, it doesn't define us. Mm -hmm. You define us. So thank you for leaning into the uh, PA announcer booth of this moment and saying to the world, that is my daughter and that is my son. God, may we live from that reality that we are sons and daughters always for eternity. Amen.
1: Amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us for the Night Church Podcast. We really are excited for where we're going, and you can help us in that mission. There's a few things that you can do. Number one is just stay connected. So if you want to follow up what's going on in the young adult ministry here at Loma Linda University Church, follow us on Instagram at Praxis Ministry. And then the other way to really build from this is to financially contribute. Your donations make such a big impact, and so... If you go to LLUC.org give, you can connect with Praxis Ministry there on a one-time gift or a reoccurring commitment, it makes such a difference. Well, we love you, care for you, and may God bless you richly as you take theory and make it into practice.